morning. Daniel here. Uh, Rev DDT. <laughs> uh, right on. Anyway, it's March. Um, let's see, what's the date today? March 22nd. Wednesday, March 22nd, 2017. I was reading this morning in Proverbs and I was, you know, uh, doing my studies and I haven't even got past Proverbs yet. I've been sitting here for a couple hours. It's uh, 6.39 p- uh, a.m. Not p.m., but a.m. It's 6.39 in the morning. So I was reading and I was talking to God about, you know, when he was ta- when he was teaching me, you know, about, you know, um, uh, clearing my debt out um, and um, being debt free, living debt free. And then, you know, the things that cause poverty and there's a lot of things that cause poverty. And But it's always our, a lot of times it's our choices. Sometimes we're just born into it. Right. But. Um, there is also things that can cause our prosperity too as well, you know, and I'm not against prosperity at all. I'm not against people having houses and nice stuff and lands and everything. And now it's all throughout the Bible, the people in the Old Testament, man, if they were walking with God and they were walking right with God, they were wealthy. You know, you can read it yourself. Tons of flocks, herds, all kinds of stuff. I mean, even look at Job's story. Poor guy loses everything, but it, it Peter talks about it in the, in the God, I think it's in the epistles of Peter that. If I remember right, he mentions and says that, you know, look at Job's life. You know, God intended for him to be rich at the end of his life. Even though he was rich to begin with, had everything, God made him double rich. After the enemy took everything away from him, God restored everything, and and he had twice the amount that he had. And if you look at what he had, he was like, he was really rich. He had a lot of camels and sheep and all kinds of stuff, right? Well, anyway... One of the things that God was teaching me about was he was teaching me about how to give and where to give at, right? Because, you know, we, we are giving people. We do believe in, the, in, in doing benevolent work in this world. We do believe in sending missionaries to other countries to, um, to do things, you know, like even digging wells and, and you know, and, and educating and all kinds of stuff. So anyway, you know, so there's all kinds of, of, of work that we do that, that is it is the Lord's work. We call it the Lord's work. You know, the church calls it the Lord's work. We're doing the Lord's work today. But really, how many churches are really doing the Lord's work? So something that God showed me when he was teaching me about not tithing anymore and how much of a lie it was and all this stuff. One of the things he taught me was right out of this Proverbs. And he, I was, he, as a matter of fact, the day he told me to stop tithing, I was like, you got to be kidding. This has got to be a devil. I thought it was a devil. I was like, you lying devil, get out of here. And then he says, Daniel, if you don't stop this. You're never going to understand my grace. And I was like, and he was right at the time. I had no idea he was right about this. I didn't know until just a few, two years ago, actually. It just all of a sudden just, I realized I'd been out from under this for a while and had made the shift a while ago and had been living for a while away from it and, and been gaining ground in the Lord, been gaining ground in the in the spirit, been gaining ground in the kingdom. If, if, you, if you guys know what I mean when you say gaining ground in the Lord or the kingdom, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? If you don't know what I'm talking about, then you haven't got there yet, but you will keep going. But because I don't want to get into the explanation of all that, but it just means taking ground for the kingdom of God, right? In your own life and in this world. Well, one of the things we have to do is we have to be very careful because there's so much deception going on. And so many of these these uh, people that want to say that their way is the way of Jesus. Okay. Jesus warned us and said there were many false Christs will rise in the last day, right? How come Christianity has over 30,000 30, or, or 30, 
it was a thirty million. No, it was thirty thousand or three hundred thousand or something like that. I don't know. I have to look at the number again. But anywhere between thirty to three hundred thousand sects of Christianity, different ways of believing in Jesus. <laughs> Get that one. Doesn't that kind of ring? You know with what Matthew. What, what, what Jesus was saying to Matthew, you know, at the end of Matthew there, many false Christs will arise. Every one of them saying they're the way, you know, depends on what religious organization you get hooked up with, too. And don't don't tell me it's not religion either. Don't tell me that you guys are you guys are standing in pulpits preaching relationship with Jesus, but you're forcing people to be religious. You're forcing people into a religious relationship with God. It's actually a religious relationship with your God, who I don't even know if you're actually even following Jesus anymore. Some of you guys keep pining your people for bigger, bigger buildings and expansion and all this stuff. Listen, people, I'm going to tell you something right now. All you're doing is lying in that guy's pocket and, and fulfilling his dream. You're not fulfilling God's. Guess what? You know where your benevolent, you know where your money goes to when you're giving? I'll tell you the breakdown. I know. I was a church minister. I know this. I know it by heart. First place, it goes to salaries. The second place, and this is most of the breakdown in most of the churches, it'll go to salaries first. Or the building. They'll either pay for the building or the salaries. Depends on how they do it. But um, they'll go to salaries. I'll give you the breakdown of, what, of of most of the ones I've seen. Salaries first. Then they'll pay the utilities and the mortgage if they have a mortgage on the building or the property that they're, they're, they, they have. Because sometimes they'll go in there and they'll remortgage that so they get some money so they can build some more stuff, right? Or do some more things. Your money that goes to benevolence does not go to benevolence until way after. Benevolence doesn't even get a cut until way after. All that's other paid for first. And the reason why that has to be that way, because if they don't pay for it first, then you don't have your clubhouse and you don't have your pastor standing there telling you what you need to do. Okay. Now I just said something to you guys that are wise. If you're wise, you're just gonna you're gonna catch what I said, and you're gonna go, oh, and you're gonna backpedal a little bit. It says in Proverbs 22, um, verse 16, "He who oppresses the poor to get uh, to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty." Okay, and God told me that. He said that straight up. That's what he said. And I was like, "Where's that at in the scriptures?" He goes, "Just look in Proverbs, Proverbs 22." Verse 16, I was like, what? So I turned there and I opened up my Bible and I looked down and that's exactly what it said. And I was like, at this time, I hadn't even memorized it yet, so I didn't even know where it was at, right? So I was like, oh, whoa, okay, uh, you're going to have to explain this to me because I couldn't even figure it out, right? It's a puzzle right there and you can't, I couldn't even figure it out because I was so trapped in religion, so caught up in all these lies that these guys have been telling us for all these years that we have to do everything, you know, you know where the Bible actually came from? The book the Bible actually came from? Do you know where it came from? As most of you guys would say, God, uh-uh, you're not right about that. God may have had something to do with it, but it didn't come from God. It came from men. Men who said, just do your Christian history, people. I'm not going to tell you all the, everything. You go find out for yourself. I did. And I found out that they brought this book out they, with murder and bloodshed. In order to bring it forth and to, and to create this. this, we're talking about legacy people. We're talking about families. We're talking about people that wanted to to create a new world. People that wanted to create a new world without paganism or whatever. That's what they said. I don't know. I wasn't there. I have no idea if that was their if that was their their plan to stamp out paganism. I have no idea. But they didn't stamp it out. You know. So to me, it sounds like they. You know, God told me to go do this, and then it didn't work. What? That's not God. Sorry, it's not God. And then you look at the lies that have come out and 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 the crap they've been doing ever since. And I'm talking about you know the roots of Christianity here. I'm not talking about Jesus. I'm talking about the roots of Christianity, not the roots of the way, the way of Jesus, which is uh, 
is not Christianity at all. No, it's not. Christianity has a little bit of Jesus in it and a lot of everything else. And a lot of lies going on. People are ripping you guys off. They're ripping us off, man. Stop giving to these guys and stop building their freaking big giant freaking fortresses and their big giant empires and lining their pockets with and making them rich and start. You know what? There's people right in your neighborhood probably that need help. You know, there probably is. There's people down in your cities, down there on the, and the, there's got to be, most of these cities that we have have homeless people in it. Those people need help. You give to them because look, you give to them, you know it's not going to come back to you because they don't, they can't give it to you back. Jesus said, Jesus talked about giving and said, don't even, as a matter of fact, if you study enough about giving in the scriptures, you realize that every time you put a string on it, you've screwed yourself out of a blessing. And you've also screwed your, also you you're also living in deception doing that too. So it's reinforcing the deception even more. So, you know, come on guys, wake up. You guys know this. Can't you see it? If you can't back up for a while and look and examine, go study, go learn, go learn what it means to actually give without strings. You know, every time you, you sign a tithing check and then you get at the end of the year, you get that tax thing, that tax write off. You've just screwed yourself out of heavenly reward by getting that tax write off. You're not supposed to let your left hand know what your right's doing when you give. Just give. You know, every time you write a check, you put your name on there and you write what purpose that's for. You've just let your right hand know what your left's doing and your reward has just been sucked up by the enemy. I'm telling you, that's the truth. You know, some of you guys don't want to hear this. You're, some of you are probably turning the broadcast off right now because you can't handle it. Well, there you go. There's that right there. That is it right there. There's your issue right there. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. You can't handle the truth. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. <laughs> you know, you guys all watch the movie. A few good men, you know. Anyway, you know what I'm talking about. But here, check it out, man. He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches. Now, that sounds a lot like some of our government officials even. But even you could, it could go, you could just look. It goes out in every direction, including the church. You know, you know, I, I got to tell you something, you know. I love the body of Christ. I love the church of Jesus. I love Jesus' church. But church, you got to wake up, man. You know, don't be, don't be sleepy sheep, man. Wake up. Smell the freaking coffee, man. And he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. How many of these pulpit ministers are rich and getting more and more rich off of you guys giving, thinking you're giving to all this work that they're saying they're doing in this world? When really, you need to go look at your church financials and find out how much benevolence money actually goes into benevolence, how much money goes into benevolence work. Come on, guys. These guys are lying to you, telling you you have to tithe. That's how they're getting rich. They're lying to you, telling you you have to do something. that you. King James and those guys brought, they were part of the reason why we have an English Bible and the reason why, and those guys love that one, especially King James, because it says in there, in some of the scriptures in the New Testament, which um, we don't know who wrote Hebrews, okay? Some of you guys really believe it's Paul, but I actually, I think it's Barnabas myself. So do some of our other of our, others of us. But we don't know who really wrote it. We don't even know who really actually wrote any of it, to be honest with you, because none of us were there. All right? 
None of us were there. So we have to take it on faith. So you got these rich guys, these kings, standing in front of you telling you you have to give to them. Also telling you if you don't go to church, you're bad. Basically, they kind of put it, plant the, the thought in your subconscious that if you don't go, you're violating God. And if you do violate what God says, that you're going to be shut out of heaven. You can lose your salvation, they'll say. And then someone will come along and say, oh, you can't lose your salvation. But then they'll come up with some other reason why you're screwing up so bad that you're, you're not doing it right. And you're going to lose it. That's all under the law. Don't do it right. You get freaking condemned by the law to death. You do it right. That's not, that's the law. That's not grace. Grace is all about love and it's all about no strings. There's no strings attached to God's grace. Listen, I would love to be rich. I've had visions of winning the lottery before. I actually think that someday I will win the lottery. I never started buying lottery tickets until, and I don't even really buy that many. I only buy like, you know, it only gets up to 400 million every once in a while, right? And when it does, I buy one or two tickets. That's it. That's all I can afford anyway, and that's all I really, really want to put my money into. But I have a better chance of actually hitting the lottery and winning it than I do going the other way. Because I'm under grace. If you're under grace, you're not under the law. And if you're under the law, you and you're doing anything. If you're if you believe that you're under grace and but you're doing anything that has to do with the law and trying to get it to work for you in your life so you can have a better life, then you have just you just nullified grace, baby. You need to read Galatians. Really study it really carefully. Also, I I, I, I say this. I would say read Romans, study Romans, Galatians, and um, Romans, Galatians, and uh, let's see what else. There's another one, too. Uh, Romans, Galatians, and Hebrews together, and uh, also study what it says in James, and then go back to the Gospels and read with Jesus. Just study what Jesus said in the Gospels, too, with all those. Just do all those together for a little while, for like a year, and just see what you find. Do it with the heart that you want to do God's will and not man's will. And see what God says to you about it. You know? And if he's not saying to you that you need to stop tithing, then I I would assume that you're not even actually following God. You're following some lying devil because that is a lie from hell right now. You do not have to tithe. You do not have to do anything, actually. The only thing that you, you should do, period, above everything, is love God. With your whole heart, your whole mind, all your strength, all your might, every bit of your being, love God. And like Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself, and then you'll fulfill the law. You'll establish it, actually. It says that we establish it by grace. And in, and he's right. It took me a long time to see this, but after, after a few years of just continuing to work with the Lord on this grace thing, getting this thing grace down and getting it down and getting getting every area that's in my life that doesn't line up with grace getting it, getting rid of it and and following the lord and following the lord yeah and it was like i had to set off this path up this really difficult trail up a mountainside that was like an 80 degree incline right you know you know <laughs> a pitch of 7 or 8 right and i'm like you know climbing and climbing and climbing but you know what as we kept on and eventually i hit a plateau and real and looked back and i could see when I just came out of it, I was like, oh, my God, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe how far, how de- deep I had fallen and how far away from grace I had fallen because of this. Because I believed these guys, because they made it reinforce it that if you don't believe them, you're going to end up in a lake of fire, basically. And nobody wants that, right? But this is the fear they put in you. This is the kind of way that it was preached to us back in the 70s and the 80s and the 90s. You know, 
And so, and then the guy standing there with a nice suit and a beautiful house and a beautiful wife and a beautiful church and all this stuff saying, God has blessed me. Look how God has blessed me. Oh, I'm so blessed by God. You know, when they're doing that, you know what they're reinforcing in your subconscious? Hey, all I have to do is do it the way this guy did it and I can have the same thing and have a better life. And anybody that's in poverty, like I was in deep poverty, they they, they see that. And they go, oh man, so guess who who's the one that ends up giving everything they got to it? The ones in poverty the most, right? So they give everything to it, right? Sure, God that's you know, God sees that as you're giving, but it's not right though. You know? Especially when the, the guy's lying to you and coercing it out of you, you know, and that's exactly what they do. You know, Peter wasn't wrong about that. Deceptive words, coercion, all that stuff. You just go read read uh Second Peter, man, and you actually read all of it. Just read it all. Read second, first and second Peter about. Read, read, just read about it, man. You can study it in your scriptures, and then just take that as a, as a lens and hold it up and just start looking around and see who's lying to you. You know. You know, there's a lot of cults right now that call themselves Christians and they're not Christians at all. They're not. Well, yeah, they're Christians, but they're not. They're not born again believers in Jesus. They're not promoting discipleship with Christ Jesus himself. What they're promoting is they're promoting whatever idea or agenda or philosophy that they're bringing from their pulpit, slamming their fists. They're so serious about, oh, no, 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 you know, just to get what? To get your money, to get your time, to get your energy. They got everybody so boogered up, they can't even, nobody's actually even able to even enjoy a Sabbath rest on the weekend. Because you have to go to church. If you don't, you're not a good Christian. Okay, I don't want to be a good Christian. I want to be a disciple of Jesus. All right? So what does God say? He says, don't give to the rich because you'll come to poverty if you do. Look around you, man. How many of these guys are standing there wearing suits, pounding their freaking fists? We're not wearing suits, but with nice clothes, have a nice house, nice live up in the mountains in a nice place. They come down to the city every once in a while and do some work and then go back up. You know, they do a little bit of work. Get paid a lot. You know, they take Mondays off, by the way, right? So they take off. They work on Sunday. They usually are there Saturdays, too. And they're there Wednesday. Sometimes they're there on Thursdays, too. Sometimes they're there on Fridays. Usually the youth pastors are on Fridays, but I'm just talking about your regular pastor. These guys are coming in. They're doing all, and they're only working a little bit, walking around doing some things, filing papers, reading a lot of stuff. Because, you know, when you're a pastor, you got to read a lot. Um, some of them are dealing with a lot of disgruntled uh, church members, so they have to deal with Some of them are dealing with the crazy boss lady that wants to come in and tell them how to do everything and all that stuff. They're dealing with a lot. Yeah, they should get paid good, you know, because they are dealing with a lot. But if he's standing there pounding his fist, you're in a nice building already. You have a few few new people coming, but not really a lot. But you, you notice that when a few new come, a few actually leave. So it's you stay about the same size. But he wants to build an empire. He wants to build more buildings on his property and stuff like that because he's got a vision for God. He wants to build this wonderful place for God. You know, and he's saying that God's giving him the vision. But the whole time, you're giving, you're poor and you're giving all your money to this rich guy who says he's doing all this benevolence work in this world. Look at everything we're doing. We're doing all this work, blah, 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 blah. They go down the f- list of stuff they're doing, right? That the church is doing together. You know, and and the whole time they're slamming other guys, 
and other churches and other things that they're not the right Christ, they're not the right Jesus, they're following. Well, I don't know about that. They're just I, they're, they're probably following a false Christ. I just I would stay away from them. You know, stuff like that. You hear that stuff. All that's coercion. You don't realize it's a tactic. Send these guys out to the field to work for a little while, man. Let them freaking get their hands dirty. Get some calluses on their hands so they know. What do they do? They get it. They get an idea to go to Bible college, go to Bible college, go to seminary. They go do that whole thing. Then they get out of seminary and they go, what they do? They get filled with lies in seminary and they go out and then they keep lying. They don't get filled with the full truth. They get filled with half the truth and half of its lies. And they mix the two together and they come out with this idea that they're going to do this great work for God. And then they don't do the great work. They actually end up settling for something else like giant complex full of buildings that they, you know, whose names on that? Guess what? Okay. You've been in church for this one church for 40 years, right? Just say, and I know a lot of you know what I'm talking about because some of you guys are lifers. You've been there in that one place because you were told you needed a plant. And if you don't plant, then you're not, you're really not of the Lord. And they'll take scriptures out of the Old Testament and be a planting of the Lord because then blah, 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 you know, and they'll, and they'll use all that just to just coerce you to stay. And for what reason? If you don't have any money, check it out. If you're a poor person, you don't got any money, and poor people know this. The pastor doesn't come to you and ask you, ask you, give you a financial statement, ask you to fill out the financial statement. He doesn't come to you to find out if you want to be a member or not. And if you do want to be a member and he does come to you, because they'll come at first, somebody will, especially if you have membership in your churches. They'll come and they'll ask you if you want to be a member or whatever, right? You know, and, and they'll want your financial statement and all that. Dude, they don't, when they find out you're poor, they leave you alone. They only do that to the rich, okay? Because the poor can't give anything. No, they can give the time. They can come give their energy, but they're poor. They don't have any money to give. But those guys don't want that. They want that too, but not necessarily that. They're looking for the rich guy. They'll jump right over the back, right, right over the back of the poor guy, and grab the rich guy and sit him right down in the nicest place in the church, give him the best of best, you know, and treat him like he's oh. And then when you're preaching the sermon, you say you watch them and they'll be standing there and they'll be and they'll look at these different people. They'll nod, they'll wink, they'll do stuff, and then and you watch the people and the people will nod back and wink, you know. And then you got you know there's something going on there that ain't right. That's not God's way. You guys, man, I know you guys are stupid. You know what I'm talking about. Stop listening to the lies. You guys are filling these guys' pockets. They're coffers. You know what they're doing? They're massing up riches and wealth for the last days. If it doesn't go to them, it's going to go to their family. Their family inherits it. You know whose name is on your church? It's not you. It's not even the congregation. It's not even the church's name is on there. A one man's name. At the, you, you reach the top, you reach it all, you look through all the financials and everything. One person's name's on that lease for all that stuff, all that property. That guy's the one that owns it. You just made that man rich. Thinking that you were actually sewn in to benevolence work. You know, feeding the hungry, clothing the naked, giving water to those that don't have any water. You know, stop doing that, you guys. Quit it. And the ones that are give, that are actually doing the benevolent work, praise God, thank God for you. Keep doing the work because you should be doing that work. And if you're taking money from people and telling them they have to tithe, shame on you. Stop it. Stop coercing money out of people. You're uh, in people. Stop feeding that man's greed. That's all you're doing. So the Lord showed me this. He showed me that that. Um, he showed me that in verse verse 16 of uh, Proverbs 22, and I was like, 
uh, you're going to really have to help me understand all this. And so I continued on and, and, but I did exactly what he told me to do. And right away it was three weeks, wasn't more than three weeks between three weeks to uh, three months, somewhere between three weeks, three weeks later, um, I started, I got a, I think it was about three or four weeks. I got a, a letter saying that um, I didn't need to keep making this payment. And my, my money order came back because I do everything by money order. So my money order came back and I was like, I couldn't figure it out. So I called them and asked them why. And they said, the first one was the hospital. The hospital says, you know, they told me, and you guys know the story. If you listen to my other podcast, I'm not going to get into it too far, but they, you know, forgave the bill. That was like, I was like, wow, that was uh, over a half a million. That's the second or third time that's happened with them. And then, um, and then the next time, and then I still had like, uh, I paid my, back child support and all my child support still making payments on child support and stuff but my back child support uh, from when I was locked up I accumulated from when I was locked up I paid wasn't able to pay that down to 2100 and then you know just doing what God told me to do it just disappeared and when they sent me when they uh, uh, sent me a uh, my money order back again I was like oh well, no what it wasn't money order they were taking uh, they're taking it out of my check actually they're taking it out of my social security check and when they stopped taking it out of my social security check I noticed I had more money and I was like well how is this possible so I called them to figure out what was going on they said yeah it's it's vanished it's gone you don't owe us anything anymore you're completely paid off and completely caught up so we won't be taking any more money out of your check and I was like what yeah, I still owed twenty one, twenty two hundred dollars. Paid it down from seventy eight to twenty two, and I still had, you know, I still had four or five more years to pay on it at the rate that I was paying because, you know, you don't Social Security's not very much. So you're making payments; you, they're not very big, you know. There's a lot of you guys that are. You go into your churches and you go into your your fellowships and you think that you're doing all this wonderful work in this world and you walk away feeling like you you're 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 walking away feeling like you you go in and everything's great but when you leave it's not something's wrong there's something pricking on your heart and you don't know what it is you feel completely unsatisfied and I know I'm talking to some of you right now that unsatisfied feeling that you're feeling is God pricking your heart to stay away from that place to get out of there. You don't need to be there anymore. He wants you to do something else. And one of the things he wants you guys to do, all of us to do, is intimacy. We're going to have to leave that camp to go out and be with the Lord. If you're sitting there for 40 years being spoon-fed and you've gotten no, nowhere in your life, then <laughs> you might want to look at where you're at. You know? And you may want to change your playground. Change your friends. Change some of that stuff that you're dealing with. As a matter of fact, the best thing you can do is run into the Lord's arms because he's got his arms open. And God's not charging you money to go hang out with him. He's not charging you energy. He's not sucking the energy out of you. Some of you are walking away from your church experiences feeling completely depleted. Like there I was there for quite a few years. I didn't even know why. There's an energy vampire sucking energy from you. Not to mention the fact that these guys will tell you you have to come to these programs, and if you don't, they'll look on you with disdain. They'll 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 give you this. Okay, well I don't know, you know, or something like that. You guys know what I mean. You've all seen it all and heard it all. Don't buy into the dog and pony show. Don't listen to these guys anymore, man. Listen to Jesus. He's your Lord. He's the shepherd and bishop of your soul, not the church organization you're all caught up in. And you might want to take a back step and find out if this is a cult you're involved in or not, because there's a lot of cults that call themselves Christians that look like look like it would be a disciple of Jesus ministry, but it's not. It's a cult, straight up. If any man is dictating it and telling you these are the rules, that's a cult. <laughs> that's not Christ. I'm sorry, it's just not Christ. 
I'm not, I'm saying I'm sorry because, not because I am sorry, but because I'm sorry that I offended you because I know I'm offending some of you right now. This is on my heart this morning when I woke up. This was on my heart this morning when I woke up. I was asking the Lord when I went to bed last night, what do we, are we, maybe, you know, I just did a whole bunch of broadcasts. Let's take a day or two off. I wasn't even going to broadcast this this morning, but he wouldn't let me get, I got just a couple, couple in a few scriptures and then bam, I'm like, all right, Lord, you know, so here we are. Listen, the rich and the poor have this in common. The Lord's the maker of them all, right? Okay. God makes everybody create all the souls belong to God, rich or poor. Okay, but the rich have a tendency to rob the poor, and uh, some of these guys are really crafty. They figured out a way. They've watched somebody else do it. That's the only reason why they're doing it is because they were trained by somebody that did it before them. So you have the blind leading the blind again when it comes to that, you know. And I'm not talking about the ones that are actually really doing the Lord's work, but some of you guys need to back up and figure out whether these guys really are or not. And and just how much benevolence work they're really doing in this world when they're telling you they need this for this or that. You need to find out what they what that real where that money's really going. You know, and I think really that's probably my broadcast. Just be informed. You know. I'm not against churches, I'm not against fellowships at all. No, not at all. They're vital. They're needed. But don't let somebody stand there and tell you two or three scriptures to coerce you into doing something. You know that you need to spend time with your family. Saturdays, Sundays, one of those days, you need to spend time with your family. And you may be working on Saturdays, so Sunday's the day. But you're being coerced into going to church because this guy's telling you that if you don't go, you're going to lose your salvation or something bad's going to happen. That's not true. As a matter of fact, a scripture in Hebrews that they use against most people says that if you, you know, that uh, some have lost their, their faith by, by, uh, by not fellowshipping with the believers. I suggest this. Fellowship with believers, but know who those believers are. Know if they're really believers in Jesus or not. And fellowship with them, yeah. You know, I only got maybe two friends that aren't, Christ, that aren't Christians or, or, or believers in Jesus. I, I, I'm trying to get away from the term Christians because that's, in my book, that it, you know, you just look at what it stands for now. It doesn't stand for Jesus. It stands for something else. So believers in Christ, born again believers in Christ. Yeah, all my friends are except for maybe two, you know, and they're, I don't know if they are or not. They might be by now. Who knows? They kind of lean sometimes that way and then lean away and then lean the other way. But still, either way, I'm not opposed to anything, anybody fellowshipping and having a fellowship or going to fellowship. What I'm opposed to is the corruption. And that's what I'm putting my finger on today is the corruption. You know, God put the corrupt, his finger on the corruption in my life and continues to do that. Here we are. And I know some of you need to hear what I'm saying. You need to listen to this and you need to and you need to ask God for forgiveness and find your way out and go do something else with him, man. You know, he really wants intimacy with us, period. And the closer we get towards the time Jesus comes back, which it's getting more and more ripe. More and more ripe for the season for Jesus to come back. Certain things had to line up first, and those things are damn close. Everything's real, right there. And there's a couple things that just need to fall into place before Manny comes back. Some of you know what I'm talking about because you're students of the scriptures, and you know. I'm going to say it again. He who oppresses the poor to, to increase his riches and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. Anybody that stand in front of you coercing money out of you is oppressing you. <laughs> it's a form of oppression. 
and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. I was, all those years, giving to the rich. Didn't even know it. Didn't even know this scripture until the Lord. I mean, I've seen it. I read it a hundred times and couldn't figure it out until the Lord said it to me that day. And then I said, you're going to have to teach me. And then he did. And I was like, uh, 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 my eyes opened and I started seeing. And he started showing me examples over and over again. Over and over. And then I was like, I backed up and I was like, how many congregations does this go on on Sundays and Wednesdays and Thursdays and whatever other day they force these people to come and give up their time and their money to do all this stuff for this one guy and this one guy's vision. And he's saying it's the Lord's vision, but he's standing there coercing money out of you. That is not Jesus He's making you feel guilty for not giving. That is not Jesus. He's telling you, you have to give. He'll say, oh, it's better to give. You can't outgive God, blah, blah, blah. And then you hear, you know, something about tithing or something about giving or the, they'll pass the bucket around after that. Or listen, when you're going into worship service, I know it's all about seeking God and worshiping God. I enter in his case, thank giving my heart. I enter in his course with praise. You're seeking and worshiping God. Did you know that you're actually being hypnotized? You don't even know that. If you go actually study clinical hypnosis, You'll see it. What's the next thing that happens after the worship? Usually, announcements and the tithe and offering. Then they get into the reading of the word. They'll say the word, and then they'll go right to the Bible, and they'll teach something out of the Old Testament and the New Testament, and maybe a few things that Jesus said, and that's it. But Jesus is the word, not the Bible. Jesus is. So why are they calling the Bible the word? See, that's another form of idolatry right there. They put something between you and God and said, you have to do this. And, and basically, they're putting themselves between you and God and saying, they're the mediator and you have to listen to them and do what they say. Otherwise, you won't be right with God. That's what they say. They reinforce it all the time. You guys, some of you guys don't even, aren't even aware of it because you've been soaking up in it for so long and you're so caught up in the glory. Oh, oh I just got to be happy and all the time and, oh, and never have any complaints in your heart about it, knowing that there's something wrong. Never checking that check that's going on in your heart. Never, and some of you don't even have the check. Well, you know what? Well, maybe, maybe I'm not talking to you. Maybe foolishness has gotten a hold of you so much that you just don't even see it anymore, and you don't care. You know, As I'm saying it straight up. This is it, man, right here. There is no wisdom or understanding or counsel against the Lord, and we're talking about the Messiah. The Messiah is God in the flesh. Represents God. God in the flesh. Is God in the flesh, by the way? <laughs> you know? He who oppresses the poor to increase his riches, and he who gives to the rich will surely come to poverty. I've heard these some of these guys go over to other countries that were extremely poverty-stricken and say, well, if you give to God, if you just tithe, you tithe to me, my ministry, and what I'm doing, I'm a, I'm a rich field, you just sow in what I'm doing, and then God will make you rich too. And they're taking you know the mites away from these people that don't have anything. You know, it goes on constantly. You guys, some of you guys don't even know this is what your missionaries that you send out are doing. Some of you guys don't even know this is what's going on. And where does the money go back to? Right back to the very, the the big building that you guys have and that big and powerful, important place that you guys go, that clubhouse you guys have to pay for every single month. Oh my gosh, if we were all meeting in houses again, like it was in the first church. You know, meeting in houses, going house to house and sharing with one another. We could actually gather some of that money up and go help some people in our neighborhood that actually need the help. First start in your own backyard. You know what? Lord told me a long time ago when I was out doing evangelism. He, he told me straight up, if you don't do it in your own backyard first, then you're not going to go anywhere. I was like, wow. 
yeah, I've always had these dreams of going to other countries and, you know, bringing the scriptures, bringing the word of God to another person that's out there and somewhere. That way the gospel spread all over the earth so Jesus can come back now, you know, and, you know, yeah, I get it all and everything. I'm not mocking it. I'm kind of making fun of it a little bit, but I'm just putting my point across. My point is this, man. The rich rule over the over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. My point is this. He who has a generous eye will be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Okay? These are all in Proverbs 22 I'm reading right now. That was actually verse uh, 9, you know? <laughs> There's more, too. There's way more. Know where you're at. Look around and see what's going on. And quit oppressing the poor. And quit making these guys, you guys are making these guys rich for no reason. Their their riches are going to testify against them. And your ignorance will testify against you. It's already testifying against you right now. How many people are wealthy and are given to wealthy people? And are still at one level of wealthiness, but really not really growing any more wealthy. Did you know if you stop giving those people, you might actually end up more wealthy? Oh, man, figure that one. Go figure that one out yourself, man. So, like I said before, I wasn't going to even talk about this at all. Not at all. Not one bit. I actually was resisting when I first got up because I knew God wanted to say something about this, but I didn't want to talk about it. But here we are right now. One more scripture and I'm going to go. Verse 4 of of chapter 22 of Proverbs. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. When you look up that word riches, it's a little bit of everything, but it mainly means spiritual. It mainly means kingdom riches. It mainly means being rich in the Lord, being rich in Christ, being rich in the spirit of God. If anybody here is listening to this message and you feel that prick on your heart and you need to repent of this, you need to turn away, just turn to the Lord because that is repentance. Turn to the Lord and ask him what to do and then listen to him and follow his instructions. This is Daniel. I'm out. You guys have a great day. Peace out, baby. Bye-bye.